0: The legislative branch is the one that actually controls all of that. Like, you, you, you can't look at the executive branch and be like, what is the president going to change? You need to get out and vote for these senators uh, and, and flip the Congress so that we can get these laws so the Cracker Act can actually get passed. And I actually got a name for it. It's continually, continu- Continuously Raising African-Americans Culture Act. That is it. It's the Cracker Act.
1: What up, what up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense. I am Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg. Join my co-hosts, Buff and Rozzy. But we have a special guest with us tonight on this uh, political episode the day after the election. I guess I can call it the day after the election. We have Frank Turner. He is Byron's, I guess, better half when he moonlights on. I I don't even know how to explain it anymore, Byron. He'd be cheating on us. I, well, actually, I would be cheating on him because he and
2: I started first. But we, we've we mentioned this show a couple of times on Three Brothers, Politically Entertaining. And, you know, since we're going to be talking politics, we brought my brother, Frank Turner, in who uh, co-hosts P- Politically Entertaining with me. Frank, speak to the people, man. What's on your mind?
3: Man, first of all, thank you guys for having me. I, I love what you guys are doing, uh, just bringing a great voice, great energy to many topics that, People are sometimes f- afraid to discuss or don't know how to discuss, and you guys bring uh, as as we talked before i call levity to certain things, but also a seriousness that in this time as we're going to get into in just a few minutes, we need to have right we need to have a certain seriousness and understanding um obviously Byron, we talked about this many times, you know what is going on the day after the election I think you know just it's it's amazing right what what I, what we're seeing uh from this country and 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 I guess just starting there, it's like mentally and just keeping 100, 100 as a black person, you're like, okay, what's going to happen and what does it mean? Because it's, and it's not that you're afraid, but it's just like, what is, what black people are used to moving, you know, code switching, right? We're, we're, we're adept at that. Uh, and, code switching. Yeah. And, and so we're looking at the country and we're saying, you go back 12 years. And I remember 12 years ago when Obama, uh, President Obama won, and I remember how excited I was. I remember thinking this, is going to turn everything around like and and that was you know probably very naive I was only 20 26 27 at the time so, so forgive me guys for that but I was very excited um over that over Obama's first election and then you know by the time he departed you know th- you know a little bit mixed in some areas but still was happy that I voted twice for uh, the first black president of the United States but the thing that really hurt me coming and then coming into 2016 was the first black president was 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 seceded by a man who said he wasn't even a citizen,
2: and it was, it was, it was pushback. It was pushback. Yeah. But oh, but man. listen, don't don't get don't get your hot takes in first. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, we sorry we gonna
1: get into that. <laughs> no, I was I was just I was vibing. I'm like I feel you. Okay, <laughs> I feel so, you. So, no. Probably, it's good to have you, you know. So. uh... Frank and I go way back. He was my, my partner in crime on the track team. He was way more <laughs> dedicated than I was, man. I wish I had your dedication. I wish I had your dedication. Like when it got cold, I'm like, Ooh, we still got to go out here and run. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> kind of much, but, but
3: Shout out to you, man. You had a great, I still remember your, um, 400 and, uh, uh, it was, it was a freshman year. And, um, you were one of the few freshmen actually qualify for state. So congratulations again on that. We sure. And you were trailing pretty badly in the race. I'll, and I'll I remember I, re- I remember everybody was like, people just started walking away. <laughs> and I remember thinking, that's just rude. Like he might come back. And I remember and I thought that in my mind I didn't say it to anybody because people would just, you know, black people, I would just be like, oh, he getting beat. And I just stood there and he just kept running. And either everybody slowed down, he started running faster. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but I just remember him finishing with like one of the most powerful kicks that I've seen. I was like, that would have won a, an Olympic race. Um, so congratulations! I still remember that. That was a great moment. Uh, I remember that. For freak. You. I remember.
1: Yeah. I remember coming around that curve, seeing you standing by the gate, and it was what happened was, you know, by that time people were giving me pointers on how to finish. Like, well, don't, don't you give out too early. Like you, you put up too much in the beginning and you, you lose the, at the end. So save it. So I was trying to save myself. And I look up in this state and I'm getting my doors blown. And I'm like, well, here goes nothing. And I literally come around that curve and I see people walking away. I'm like, God, they gave up on the kids. And Frank was the only person there leaning into the gate, still cheering. And I just pushed. Now, uh, not only were you there for me at the gate. I don't know if you remember, like as soon as I crossed the finish line, I collapsed. Like I was done. I don't even think – like, I ran 400 400 meters, not 401, not 402, not 399. I ran 400 meters, crawled off the the track, and laid there for, like, 20 minutes. I don't even think I (laughs) – Frank, you might have went and got my <laughs> medal. Like, I don't think I.
3: Don't think I, 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 do. I don't. I don't remember, but I do remember you were. You were. I, I was like, man, he's hurt, but I knew you were alive because I mean, you were breathing. So I just let you <laughs> sit, sit there because it's like, I mean, what are you going to do when somebody's? That's the thing about track is like when somebody collapses after they're really tired. If they're not dead, there's really nothing you can do. I mean, nope. you, you do want them to get up. At the end of the day, it's like, bro, he's exhausted. So, um, you know, that was a great memory. So it's just it's just crazy because I was. Mm-hmm. Oh man, how many years ago? That was 25,
1: that was, twenty four. 20, Ninety that was ninety-six. We came mm-hmm. in freshman year. So yeah, that was so
3: so so nine twenty-four years ago. So man, we I, Ooh, okay, Frank, Frank
0: you can't be dating yeah. us like that, man. Mm. Like, like
3: oh, yeah. Yeah, the,
0: that, was the that's how far we all go back. Yeah. I mean we 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 go back to middle school. So, you know, oh, even before then. Jesus. So yeah. Right. We've been, right. been friends a long, long yeah, time, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So great to have you on.
1: Thank you. And I liked him before I liked you, Rozzy.
0: Because I I didn't like Rozzy. I believe
1: it. Frank was cool. I didn't like you in the beginning. That well, cool,
0: man. Frank, I remember Frank introduced me to the notorious Big. Remember that party you had at the house? And I swear, sure. when Big Papa came on, that was the first time we heard it. We rewound that thing four or five times, just like play it back, run it back, run it back. Man, this is hot. So yes, Frank was way cooler than me in middle school <laughs> and in high school. Yeah, so
1: oh, I like man. <laughs> Before we get too much on Frank, fellas, what's going on in your world? Uh, what's on your mind? I mean, you know,
2: at my job, we just kind of like at the ready. I guess we're expecting people to be extremely upset, but most of the action is taking place down at uh, near the White House at the Capitol. It's, it's, you know, it's all good. People riding their bikes and jogging. So, but we're, we're prepared and ready. But other than that, man, not much, man. Just a lot of thinking you're getting off at one time and you're getting held an extra eight hours and stuff, man. So it's just... I'm ready for all this to be over and back to normal.
0: Is, is it going to go back to normal though?
2: Well, as far as my work schedule, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, politics, we'll, we'll, I'll, t- I'll we'll talk it. about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's because... probably
0: going to go back to normal. If, if, if the Democrats had won the Senate though, I think your, your work schedule would have got re- real crazy over the lame duck season because uh, the Republicans would have been scrambling to get anything they could through. But mm-hmm. uh Now that, you know, they're maintaining their majority right now, Uh, there's still a chance. There's still a chance. Uh, When you guys listen, we'll know for sure. But for now, uh, there's still a chance. And um, we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. But for me, man, it's the same thing. I am. I'm ready for this normalcy. I'm ready to be proud of America on an international uh, stage again. That's one of the things that, you know, is it's – really been lacking over the last four years like for you talked about we went to um to france and they literally laughed at us it's like what is y'all president doing like i'm i want to be able to go and travel again and people look to the united states as the spot they want to be and um and look up to us like oh yeah i you know you you guys are coming from a good spot
1: are you, you think you're gonna be proud again i think that's a stretch still
0: I think I think uh, as know, close I'm, as... I'm, I'm Captain America at heart. So, you know, I'm black suit, dark Captain America right now.
1: Um, <laughs> so, you know, eventually I'll come back. We can't expunge Trump, Trump from our record. Like I, I just, just like you. America has shown me their hand, but that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother scenario. Well, for me, uh, I'm feeling a little more energized than I have. Uh, I actually took today off. I I think I've been saying that for the last few weeks. I just needed to take today off, uh, decompress. I was hoping that we would have a result uh by sometime tonight, um, which still may or may not happen, but I needed today off. I couldn't. Frank, you talked about code switch in the beginning. I didn't want to do that today. I wanted to yeah. be uh anxious, angry, frustrated. Black man, and not have to worry about who I offended, uh who I needed to code switch for or shift my my tone for, I just wanted to be me and I didn't even like I didn't even sit around watching the election all day. I took some naps, worked out, uh had a few drinks, and you know spent time with the family, but I just needed today to be regardless of what the result was, I needed today to be the beginning of something new, even if it's, you know, the same old thing it's going to be the, well, we don't talk politics, not politics, but we don't have to worry about an election for the next four years, just because, or a presidential election for the next four years, because if we have Trump, we know what we're up against. And so I just wanted to start off new with that, or, hey, maybe this is the beginning of better days, which I don't think Biden could do any worse than what Agent Orange has done, so.
0: Oh, and to the listeners, just to let you guys know, we're recording on um, Wednesday, the 4th, the day after the election. Oh, good um, shit. Thank you. Really. So, yeah, just so you guys know what what day and why, um, you know, what what we planned on doing with this is we were able to kind of say what had happened and and give clear um, you know results and and talk about it and discuss it. And uh, yeah, it totally messed up yeah. our plans. So one more thing that they screwed up with this election. But um, you know, <laughs> it is what it is.
1: Yeah, you know what? Let, let, enough beating around a bush. Let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, let's let's go ahead and pay some bills first, and then we're gonna come back and we're about to join in. Um, we're about to talk about it. Let's do it. All right, we're back. Three brothers, no sense with a dash of uh, PE. And there with Frank, I'm excited about this episode. I think we're going to get into it. As you know, like I said, we have both sides of politically entertaining on here. So, you know, it's going to be a uh, a good episode. Hopefully we'll learn something. I feel like I'm going to be the odd man out on a lot of things just because that's how I usually am. But Frank, can you open us up with a question? What What do you want to talk about today? So,
3: you know, one of the things that, that's coming out, you know, obviously the election still hasn't been called. It's still very close. You still got stuff. Um, I think right now you still got Arizona still apparently up for grabs, depending on, you know, wh- wh- what site you listen to. But one of the things that's coming out of exit polls is um, black men apparently did much, did much better in 2020 mm-hmm. with um Donald Trump, and so I want to just talk about obviously Donald Trump is running for president, but I want to talk about where Donald Trump fits in the context of the black community because I think it's an interesting conversation, and I want to frame it kind of like this: Donald Trump, and and like I said, I'm a little bit older, and I don't really listen to much hip hop anymore, but I but I used to, and Orazio knows, you know, um, we used to have a bunch of No Limit CDs and um, and all that, and so. Throughout the course of history, Donald Trump is probably the most mentioned mogul, at least from a white guy standpoint, in hip hop music. Like you hear money like Donald Trump, this like Donald Trump. So Donald Trump has, whether for good or bad, is a known commodity. Right. Like he's known and in some ways was respected for his money, for his opulence. Like you think of Vice President Famous, I think of Robin Leach and I think of Donald Trump. I'm like, was anybody else on the show? There was the host and then there was, you know, Donald Trump. And so. When you have these this context, you're like, well, how can black people vote for Donald Trump? And I'm like, well, Donald Trump has been a fixture, not saying he's a friend. I'm saying he's been a fixture. And so I think there's a familiarity with him that shouldn't. That's as much surprise maybe us that people are voting for him from a standpoint of he's he's able to make the argument. Hey, what have Democrats done for you? You know, hey, they signed the crime bill, you know, those kind of things. So he's using some, some, at least some decent arguments, not saying he's doing a great job for black people, but he's also, you know, able to do he's I, I think because the standard's have been so low, he's actually been able to come in and do some things, unfortunately, that have been like, hey, you know, maybe he is for us. And I, but I think Donald Trump, if anything, is an opportunist, right? I don't necessarily think he I, I wouldn't come on here and say he loves black people. What I say is he's an opportunist to say, Oh, guess what? Oh, they haven't permanently funded HBCUs? I can do that, like little low wins, right? That should have been done. Um, that 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 you know, or or you know, criminal justice reform, or you know, the First Step Act, things that are common sense things. He's just like, oh, I'll do that, but it's not really necessarily the the big moves we need. And the question is, I guess, if say, we, let's say Donald Trump wins, or just. Even even by the, the number of votes he got, the, the type of rhetoric and things he was doing was, was appealing. Is there a path forward to black people, black males in the Republican Party? And how can we get our agenda heard and listened to in a way that that would be beneficial? Is that possible? Did Donald Trump open that door for us? Or is it just a mirage where he was trying to get votes, um, you know, to try to bolster his reelection claim?
0: That's a lot. That's a lot to unpack. So I, <laughs> I'll i try to take a little bit in pieces. Right. So why black men vote for Trump? And for that part, I I, I agree with you on he has been a fixture in black media for so long. The familiarity of it all, um, the disinformation that has gone out, uh, you know, the, the the Quanon or whatever it's called. Um, you know, theories about Joe Biden being a pedophile and all that, like th- there is so much stuff that affected, especially like Miami. We lost Florida because of Miami, basically. Uh, and it, it was a huge disinformation uh, campaign down there. So there's a lot going on and there's a huge dynamic there. And and when you talk about did he open up the the Republican Party to black people? I don't think so. Um because what he did is he threw bones to the whole tabs of the world. He, he the 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 people that can't think they the black people that talk about systemic racism so much but don't understand it is is what it really annoys me. It's like they talk about Obama didn't do anything for black people when Obama did a lot to try to undo systemic racism um the problem is there was nothing that said hey black people this is for you jo- and 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 Trump took the total opposite right he like deeper ingrained systemic racism said that it didn't exist, denied it, but then said, Hey, black people, here's this shiny platinum plan for you. Um, that really isn't going to come really isn't going to do anything. I'll, I'll permanently fund HBCUs, but at the same time, I'll try to bring HBCU funding into the white house. So now it can't be allocated by Congress. So that means that any president can uh ch- switch it up any way they want to. So like he, the things that he was doing really weren't helpful. What it was, was I'm going to give you this bone, the same thing he did with the tax cuts for the middle class. Oh, that expires in seven years or 10 years, but I'm going to make these, uh, the the corporate America uh, tax cuts permanent. You know, so it, it's one of those things that he did just enough to get them on board. And and then that was it. That, that was what it was going to be. But there was nothing systemic that was going to uh, really uh, affect us and 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 really help us.
2: Uh I don't think he he um I don't think Joe lost Florida because of Miami. I mean, he won Miami. I guess you're saying that he didn't run it up enough in Miami. And that's certainly not because of black people. That's because of the Cuban population and we just got to give Trump some credit on that part. He really targeted Cuban Americans down there and painted Joe Biden as they compare him a lot to Castro and to Hugo Chavez. Yeah, that, yeah. those so are the socialist, that yeah. socialist and, and that's mark. two yep. things that Cuban Americans do not mess around with. So and they've always been up for grabs since 2000. They got pissed at the whole Elian Gonzalez thing and turned on Al Gore and voted for, for Bush. But I also think you're giving the hoteps of the world too much credit. They ain't read no damn platinum plan. They, they not. We have to look at it like this. There are far too many. And and let me let me start off by saying that men in general think this way. But we're talking specifically about black men. There are far too many black men that praise misogyny. And we're talking about hip hop music. What's the number one thing they promote? Misogyny. So yeah. I don't think like if you like I know a lot of people got mad at Lil Wayne. We talked about this the last episode, got mad at Ice Cube and all that. I don't think people say, oh, man, Lil Wayne took a picture with Trump. I guess I'm going (laughs) to vote for him now. No, but to me, I don't think those rappers moved the needle at all. Trump talks that misogynist talk. He talks that talk. He carries himself that way. When that tape came out on the bus, that should have ended his, not only his political career, that should have ended his business career when he said he grabs and you can do whatever you want to. But a lot of men think that's so... We still have men today that don't think it's a big deal to grab a woman's ass at a party or something. They think that's fine. She shouldn't have wore that. I mean, I couldn't help but grab it. So they relate to Trump. And it's time that we just start admitting that, that it's, it. it doesn't have anything to do with a whole lot of intellectual things. Now, there are some black men that own a business or whatever, and they probably... Liked his tax plan better or whatever. or th- thought that his tax plan would be more friendly to them than uh, than Joe Biden's was. But at the end of the day, it's patriarchy. It's misogyny. Trump personif- personifies both of those things. And. Some of what Razio said is true. You know the hotels. They look at Joe Biden. He wrote the crime bill. That's all they can say. He wrote the crime bill, never mentioning that so many people were for that bill. The Congressional Black Caucus, prominent uh, black communities, crime was rampant. People wanted. It sounds to good do on paper. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's this, easy this for means- us to. We we can criticize <laughs> it now, but something wanted to be done. People wanted something to be done about it, and that's all it was to it. So. That's where I come from with it. And if you look at it, too, since 2012, it's been slowly trending like this whole thing with black males voting Republican. It's been slowly trending before Trump. Now, Trump, I think, got a bigger boost than Mitt Romney did or whatever. But it's been trending that way and it's continuing. The fact that he almost got 20 percent. I think the number is like 18 percent now. That's mind boggling. That's troubling. And it needs to be. Address them. If I'm a member of the Democratic Party, I need to I need to try to figure out why black men, two out of 10 are choosing a Republican Party over over my party.
1: I'm glad you asked that question, Frank, because that's actually a question that's been on my mind all day. And the reason and I'm I'm going to take it from a more of a maybe a psychological point than a political point my question was more so like, what have I learned about us during this election? And what the first thing I learned is the average black voter is no smarter than any other, any other voter. Like we just like everybody else vote against our own interests. Not only do we do that, I think part of it is we vote against if we do vote for our interests, because like Byron said, there are some business owners and stuff like that. Are like, hey, I'm, I need these tax cuts. They're going to do it at the expense of other people. Screw you. This is what I need. And hey, get it how you live. I think Trump... A lot of it's street cred. Like the average person doesn't re- research. There is, it's street cred. It's street cred familiarity and what's what's popping. what's popping. Like they're going to go off of what they hear. They're not going to do any research. they are not going to find out anything for themselves. And maybe Lil Wayne, maybe Kanye, maybe Ice Cube, maybe all these people that maybe just a, li- just a little bit of what Ice Cube said or a little bit of what Kanye said, a little bit of lo- what Lil Wayne said and stuck with them just enough to make them decide to vote against what's best for. And I hate to say, I mean, the majority of blacks or the majority of people like themselves Uh, for me, you know, I think pretty much everybody on this, this, this platform financially probably would benefit from Trump, just from the stock market itself. You know he, he has kept the, or the economy, whichever word you want to use in his word world, because he uses those words synonymously. But I don't know. I think it's just, we, we give this guy too much credit. I remember growing up, Trump was, Trump was the average black man's dream. They wanted to be Donald Trump. Like if you'd have told me in 2000, you know, Outside of I probably troll chose Trump over Bill Gates or somebody who made more money than him just because Trump had money. He was flashy and he was cool. Like you knew his name. And I think people just related to them. They 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 voted for Trump because he's who they wanted to be. And when I started really looking at him like, man. A lot of these people just voted despite what everybody else around them needed or wanted or felt they prioritize or deprioritize. It's not even about prioritizing certain things. I think we talked about this a, a couple of shows ago. It was like, yeah, this would benefit me, but your systematic racism that you don't believe in and these other things detracts from us as a whole. And I can't, you, you, you stepped over the racist boundary just a little much. I too much. I can't support you like for people to turn a blind eye on that for black men to turn a blind eye on that makes me, helps me understand why black men turn a blind eye to so many other things. I honestly see why black women recently have saying black men don't support us. Black men don't protect us because this to me, this is just another check in that box. It's like, you know what? Everybody you're around you saying that this man is evil take Trump out of it. think about his supporters, the pandemic, how he's affecting this country, but yet and still, you were able to say, that doesn't matter. I'm still going to vote for him. I see why our women, I see why women don't, you know, black women like black men don't care about us. I'm like, well, you, even though it's not the majority and it's, but those same two out of 10, Byron are probably the same two out of 10 that really are the guys that don't support him. And I think, and my last point is, I realized when I because I pretty much deleted a lot of my uh white Trump friend supporters first go round that the people I were argu- I was arguing with or debating with were all black males. Wow. I don't think I, I don't think I debated about, you know, like I I know black women that might have had some angst against Trump and, you know, but at the end of the day, they still went and voted. They still said, you know, but they weren't trying to down Byron or Frank or Razi or Ferg for voting for Trump, making you feel like you're stupid. Like I think they were trying to be too smart for their own good. Um, those are the whole tips you were talking about RiSE, your are uh, you Dr. Umar supporters. Yeah. But I don't think about, I can't really think about 99% of the people I talked to who were pro Trump were black men. Like, I can't really think about that many women I heard say the same thing. And then the same, it was the same thing when it came to Kamala. It was black men trying to. Oh, don't get me started. Don't get me started on that. that, That's just us. Like, to me, it's more psychological. Like, is that the same people who, why? Because you think about black women for the most part, when they, when they, when they galvanize behind something, good, bad or indifferent, they stick with it they supported. Us on the other hand, we're kind of like, well, let me tell you all the reasons I'm not going to vote for Trump.
0: Yeah, I but my my thing is why do we try to make black Americans, African Americans a monolith? Like, we're mad about the 16%, 17%, that said screw us and screw the black community. We're going for ourselves, but you know, it's the same thing. It's really no different than we're treating them like white people treat white Democrats. You know, it's, it's, you, you guys are saying, screw your white heritage and your white privilege, and you're trying to fight for equality for other people, basically. So uh, my my thing is, I, I don't too much worry about that 16%. From oh, a, they're lost. Oh, it's, it, they're, they're lost. And, and the thing about it is, I don't think we're getting them back, uh, you know, to coin... That's my point, uh, though. I like, think these are same. Are these the are same people. You know, those jobs aren't coming back. I don't think those folks are coming back. And so, that's my right, point. point. maybe, to your point, but maybe the dead. Republicans have kind of gotten those guys up under them uh, because I can I could see them uh, voting Republican in the future. But that, but <laughs> so they're not got, even catering
1: to them. They're got, not even
3: catering I, to them. I've got one more angle that you guys haven't touched on. And it's something I do a lot with Byron. Byron probably is like, oh my God, here he goes. He knows what I'm about to do. There is a religious aspect to, even though Trump is not a Christian, he's not, you know, he holds a Bible upside down. Mm-hmm. So it's like, sir. And he said two Corinthians as if it was, you know a, a, a currency it's like bro it's a chapter in the bible but that's okay but so so what i've what i've seen is i've seen people who go to my church you know who i i know personally who have gotten very militant with the whole oh my god if you vote for biden and harris you guys are are baby killers right so they're very there's a lot of utilitarianism from a standpoint people get caught in this pro life and the, and the problem with that is like a false a false equivalency because what people don't realize is one, abortion's been happening since ancient Rome and then Roe v. Wade didn't invent abortion and also if you okay. guys don't know who Paul Wyrick is look him up he's dead but Paul Wyrick and Jerry Falwell Sr. invented the moral majority and rode the back of Ronald Reagan who was a pagan right and Nancy Reagan and created a voting block. From, for, from Christians which became evangelicals around the pro-life movement. Paul Wierbeck came in and tried to figure out different issues which he could galvanize Christians to vote in a block. And he found it in pro-life because when Roe v. Wade happened in the 60s and, and, and early 70s, Christians, you know, who identify as Christians, right, they just looked at it and said, okay, we vote on who the best candidate is or what the issue that affects may affect others or what makes sense, the best person, the best candidate character, all this. So, the, the problem is, there's a lot of black men who are, who are who have been galvanized into this, especially men who are new to the faith in Christ. They like, say, "Well, I got to be able to marry my um, faith in God to politics," and that's completely. You know, separate could be two completely separate things because one is you can't define God in a political party, right? That would be insane because then he wouldn't be God. Like if I could define God completely as a Republican or Democrat, then I'd be completely missing the mark. But th- that's part of the problem with the right wing America is they first have been so long being comfortable marrying their politics and religion together that they they are so certain they have the right answer, which is why it's so hard to convince them of white privilege of you know systemic racism because they just think that if you try harder, if you pray harder, things will manifest things will just happen. And it's just like, that's not really how it works. But, but 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 going back to the point about black men, there's a lot of black men who almost feel obligated now to vote conservatively because they're saying, well, I believe in God and I don't believe in, you know, abortion is bad. And, you know, I got to, you know, and, and they and, you know, they have this image of like women who are just like sucking feces out of, them, out, of, out of, you know, out of their stomach with a vacuum cleaner. It's like, that's really not how this works. Um, and a lot of people don't understand this. You go look at Guttmacher, this G U T T M A C H E R, Guttmacher study, 2010 to 2017 or 2018, abortion has gone down nationwide. And guess who was the president? President Obama, and I'm not giving this to Obama. What I'm saying is, abortions have gone down because healthcare was better. People had access to contraception. People had access to education, understanding how they, how often they can get pregnant. You know, like, hey, I'm ovulating. No, oh, you know, like people actually didn't don't know this stuff. So people actually got information, read it, figured out how not to get pregnant as often because you know what, people don't want to kill their babies. Yeah, and 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 I think that's that's
0: that shows a little bit of growth in the black community that we have these different blocks. Um, and, and so I think as I a I gotta party, push back
2: on that though. Like you said, I, you don't see why we yeah. have an issue with people that vote that way. So there's a difference in me mm-hmm. being mad at you voting for a particular party because of their tax plan or something like that. But when you have a man, we've been through this list over and over. When you it's have just, a man- It's not the average. That called for the death penalty of five innocent Black men and when it was proven that they were innocent, he didn't recant. When you have a man that had housing discrimination issues against Black people, when you have a man that has said the things that he's said and done the things that he's done, and then you have someone that supports him when he has proven and shown that he cares nothing about your race, it takes him three days to denounce the Klan. He calls Nazis good people on that side as well. Then, yeah, you're going to have some emotion on why in the hell would you vote for that guy? So I don't think it's so not so much necessarily that people vote Republican or whatever, but voting for Trump, you got some
1: explaining to do. And, yeah, you're going to get that emotion from people. uh, Perfect, because Trump is not Trump. Trump is an anomaly, dude. Like we've never in my I'll be 40 in a month in my lifetime. Have I seen it? The country this divided like it's a reason it's divided. Like, let's let's be honest. It's a reason it's divided. People feel this. I don't think people have felt this strongly. About a candidate.
0: One way or the other. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like, like,
1: like really yeah. this strongly about a candidate. And when the people that feel strongly like that, love them. It's scary to see. We all loved Obama. We weren't driving around with Obama flags, ready to fight starting Obama groups. Like we will take out the world if this happens It's like, man, I hope that nigga get a second turn.
0: I mean, but they were, they were doing that then hanging effigies, And so the the thing is the stuff that they're doing now is the same things they they were doing
1: back then. It's just, they were doing it uh, towards Obama. They led up to Trump. You're talking about against Obama. Yeah, yeah, I guess. yeah, yeah. But that led up to Trump. What I'm saying is, this is a different day and age. This is when when you were talking about being proud. All this, it take it's going to take a while for me to bounce back on being proud of America because, like, we already did it. You know, like we already, you know, we we've done the D. You know, like you can't just. This isn't the church. You can't just repent. Like, all right, we 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 did three Hail Marys and got rid of Trump. So now we're good again. No, we we. We this is still going on. There's still Proud Boys. There's people still people. There are people who aren't going to work or not leaving their house this week because they're scared of the repercussion repercussions that might happen. If once Trump loses like that's not the norm, like yeah. we have how many lawsuits going on right now, like five lawsuits in five states because the president doesn't want to believe that he could potentially lose. This isn't a norm. Side note, Frank, I think uh, birth control with mean. Abortions were down. I think two thousand eight, two thousand ten is when Plan B really started jumping. So that shit hit the streets real hard, and that's when uh, side note, just wanted y'all to th- think about that. I think Plan B si- uh, stopped a lot of. That's a
2: form of misogyny, <laughs> by the way, too, because you you talked a lot about abortion too. There is no political party that truly cares about being pro life. Okay, the Republican Party owns that argument but again him to the punch you you look you look at a, a congressman like steve de DeGi- 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 i can't even say his name steve gelardo from tennessee who had his mistress get an abortion right but he supported all kinds of bills that were for abortion but when his mistress got pretty, oh, oh you can't have that baby oh no yeah so nationally like if it's you then yeah you can't get an abortion but if it happens to one of them and it's not in the situation that they want it to be, then abortions are okay. So no party owns that. Basically what they want to do is just control damn a man. woman's body and control yeah. the decision on what a woman does. It has nothing to do with pro-life because you <laughs> brought it up in your answer, Frank. And I think Razio, you touched on it. They don't give a damn about like when a black an unarmed black man gets killed, they give us every reason in the world why we shouldn't care. He was on drugs. He had a record. He committed a crime three years ago. Trayvon Martin smoked weed in high school. Stop the presses. A high school student smoked weed. And he deserved to get killed. Yeah. So they give us every excuse on why that's okay. So there is nothing pro-life about any party. It's just about which party wants to control women.
1: And when you throw in the church, especially um, black men in the church, because we're talking specifically about black men, I generally think we're talking about the older generation because I feel like our generation as a whole black men, our age for the most part have for lack of better terms, turned away from the church and in, in mass and not necessarily like they're atheists or whatever. They, they're not, they're not into traditional and organized religions like the, the generations of the past. So most of these, older these black men you're talking about, I'm assuming are older who which I think if you do the research. I, that actually, actually
3: actually there some of them are young. There's a younger generation that when I say younger I mean like our age, not like super but like middle aged. Yeah, okay. Like middle middle aged but I mean I I agree with you there are older but there's just a there's just a sect of conservatism yeah. in black in, you know like oh black people we're the yeah. most conservative group out there. Like, exactly. let's, be, yeah. let's
1: be honest. Take po take if politics wasn't in play Black people as a whole are the most conservative, one of the most conservative groups out there, especially black men. Yeah, it's it, because it, conservatism, it, uh, it, 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 it keeps the patriarchy alive. You know, and let's be honest, the church, for the most part, is founded on patriarchy. We you know, are,
2: we are like, mm-hmm. so you remember Obamacare, right? How everybody was so-called against Obamacare. And then you just ask the individual questions. Well, you know, do you think this should be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. that's what Obamacare is. So like, if you ask the black person individually what the so-called Republican conservative platform was, they would agree with most of, it. you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: And and it sounds good on paper because once again, it's what's on paper and what's really going on in life. So all these That same thing you were saying is like uh, the senator that had his mistress get an abortion. I guarantee these same black men not necessarily have had abortions, but they know people close to them that had abortions or, you know, in. Well, I'll just talk about this really quickly because I'm I'm pro-choice, but I'm pro-life when it comes to my household. However, and I'm opening up a little bit is because of what my wife and I went through. On our last pregnancy, actually, our last two pregnancies, one which we actually carried to full term and had my son. It's dangers in pregnancy that we don't talk about, Mm. especially in the black community with our black Mm. women like they have the highest mortality rate out there. One in four uh, women have uh, miscarriages. Like it's it's like I know somebody right now who is debating him and his wife are debating what they're going to do right now. Not because they they actually want to have a child. But at the same time, they're really thinking about. Will his wife survive? And that's that's a decision that should be left up to that family. Damn any politics in that. That's something like. Because they have kids, so you're saying, let's roll the dice. my wife is has a high prob- probability of uh having complications. Roll the dice, potentially losing the wife's life and leave the husband with as a widower as a wit- yeah widower with raising two young kids. Like we don't talk about those real situations. We want to go to tr- like somebody got raped or this young promiscuous teenager who like, no, it was, you know. That's a whole other conversation. But there's there's so many sides to that. We can get to politics. But what what I meant to say is these are real people having real life conversation, real life decisions that should be left up to them that we want to demonize because we put in these situations that the politicians don't bring that. that I've never seen a, a conversation on abortion when they talk about I talked to this young woman in Delaware that did this, 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 this. And her and her husband had to make a decision on, you know, do we keep this baby and potentially risk your life that that doesn't make any uh platform so continue my bad uh that just hit my heart because we were talking about that and just because i know we talk about abortion we are always talking about well if somebody gets <laughs> raped they got to keep the baby yada 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 no i mean it's i like, think
3: i think we're hitting on so many things that are not being talked about in the black community right like what is i, I guess the question would be we're, there's four of us and I believe in the power of 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 and I know sometimes people are like, oh you're just four people from high school but i I think that we have great power just being here now the familiarity the understanding we have um of, of who we are and I would ask you this is like if there is a way forward for black people politically what does it look like don't you don't have to name a party you don't have to name but what does it look like that black people's needs are served at a more real level that like we're not like like Tavares mentioned the issues with um you know birth when black women in pregnancy and we've talked about the police we just what what does it look like? What is the framework to be like we could draw up our own party, what would that look like? What would be the beginnings of it? I understand we can't do the whole thing, but it's like what was what would it be, right? Like every now and then you have fools, you have someone like Kanye coming up with the birthday party, but that was just a ploy, right? That really wasn't a thing. Is there is there is there an agenda since they talk about, he says Trump rolled out a platinum plan. What is what is a real plan for Black Americans that we can say, you know what? This is this is really what we need because I think a lot of times, you know, yeah, you know, growing up, hey, vote Democrat, and, I, and, and you know that sounds good, or maybe they say, hey, think differently, vote Republican. But really, at, what is the what is the end game? It's a shell game. What are you really getting out of it? How can you know what you're getting? The thing about the, the thing, reason why people don't understand systemic racism is. White people always win because the systems are built for white people, like whether or not, you know, Democrats or Republicans, like it's still white privilege baked into that. They're baked into those policies. They're going to benefit them at some level and it's going to be disadvantageous to you at at other levels. So I think that's, you know, um, the question I would ask. I don't necessarily know if you guys have an answer, but I just think just hearing the different conversations you guys are saying, like, that's really what we need to be on is like, what does that look like? And, and then if we can understand that, how do we push that out to, to get it, you know, um, implemented?
0: I'll start with, um, reinstituting the voting rights act. That needs to be number one on, uh, our agenda, uh, because the thing about it is all of the, we we've seen it right. As soon as the Supreme court came and said, Nope, Voting Rights Act, um, you know that clause, it's uh, it's no longer valid, uh, it's not useful anymore, uh, and 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 so now states could pass all of these laws to disenfranchise, voter suppression, all of that without getting it cleared. That's the first thing that we need to have on there. So we need to reinstitute that, get that on the platform, and I'll I'll, I'll say it, reparations needs to be in our platform. Uh, And and not necessarily from a Dave Chappelle, I'm rich, like, you know, not that, but reparations as in how are we going to really make up for 400 years of slavery, you know, 200, uh, 100 years of Jim Crow. Like, how are we going to make up for that and, and get our Tulsa's and black Wall Street's back? Um, and, and and give ourselves equal footing again so then we can come back and, and work. So those are the two that I think really, really make a difference. Then you talk about criminal, real criminal justice reform. i expunging all these marijuana charges and going back, um, and, and taking marijuana off of the Schedule One list. So those are the things that very, very easily and very quickly can, Get us back on equal footing or or somewhat on equal footing if we did just th- those four things.
3: Um, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me jump in. I want to say one thing. Somebody's going to buck at reparation. I want to give you something. For all my Christian brothers out there, the Egyptians, foreign, when, when the Israelites were in Egypt for 400 years of slavery, they walked out of Egypt, right? Everybody knows about the parting in the Red Sea and they know about the you know going to the promised land and all this and that. But before they left, God said, you're not going to leave empty handed. He said, I'm going to leave you with the Egyptians' gold. They're going to they give you the gold, silver, fine lines. Like, they walked out of Egypt just, they 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 was kept, you know, basically. Like, they had it all. And so I just believe that God believes in re- reparations. And I just want to say that because so many times we even have black people who get, they get tight and you use the R word. Like, oh, I don't know, I don't really need nothing. I can do it on my own. I mean, I put myself on my own bootstraps, which is an oxymoronic statement anyway. Like, don't use that. Don't use that statement. It doesn't make sense. You can't do it. But I just wanted to give you props because that is so right. And it's so biblical that people can't even handle it. Like all these people talking about, well, you just, you know, that's, that's, that's amazing. So thank you. I love it.
2: Well, they they can handle it. They just can't handle it when it comes to black people, because we've said several episodes ago on this show, how other people have gotten reparations. It's just, Whenever it comes, it's not just reparations. Anytime something is meant to benefit black people, this country has an issue with it. So we just got to point that out first and foremost. I, I'm a, I, I guess I'm going to yield my time deferred because Rousey literally took my answer. The only thing that I would change is maybe don't call it reparations because white people seem to have a big issue with that. So we can come up with a friendly name for it. Like uh the, the Jonathan Carter Carter bill or some real white name and don't even like really we'll, tell them we'll what's going
0: We'll make in it, it like an acronym and it'd be like the cracker. Uh, law, law, law.
2: So, yeah, man, uh reparations and, and and like Frank said, it it's it's not just white people, it's too many black people that are like, man, we don't need no reparations. We ain't gonna do nothing we go buy a Cadillac. Don't worry about what I'm gonna buy with it. We need it. We need it. <laughs> go ahead for. <laughs>
1: I don't know if it starts with politics, man. Um, I'm like one step away from being a black nationalist. So I feel like we... Because I just don't trust the political system when it comes down to it. So I feel like we're going to have to do things on our own. So I think we have to uh, have a plan to elevate our economic growth. And so I feel like... It, so anything that can benefit us economically, especially like reparations. Um, I think reparations, uh, some SBA loans, more SB, more access to SBA loans and things like that to help grow the uh, black community within the black community. Man, I'm just I'm just trying to think because I'm trying I mean, to make we can it... we
0: can put all of that in the cracker bill. So if we you got to think about it, as long as we put all that in there, you can have SBA funding in there, that's specifically for, it. you can have home ownership, um, you know, so hey, we're going to pay a down payments on uh black people's houses up to, you know, $50,000, for black owner uh, home ownership. Um, you know, it it'll be uh you can get a hundred thousand fifty thousand dollars for to start a business through this uh process or whatever mm-hmm. only for black people like but the problem is 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 like byron said every time we earmark money for black people as soon as we say this is gonna be for black people you start hearing the whole oh that's racist that's reverse
3: racism mm-hmm. or whatever not yeah. that
0: oh no, but we built America <laughs> on the back of that free labor and so now you can't at least pay us back a little bit and,
2: and can I just no. can I just say this too? We ain't talking about people of color. We talking about black people. Well, I am. I don't know what yeah. rising on my yeah. No, black, de- black de- descendants
0: of slaves. Okay. Like, no, no, I uh, I want, I want descendants of slaves. And, and, <laughs> but, and, you know, you, you talk about, we, we talked about Watchmen at one point, but that was a kind of cool way that they did it is that they had the DNA test and you had to, like, they had, basically you had to prove that you were descended from a slave to be able to get the reparations.
1: Hmm i think the next is education access to better education something like our kids they need it they 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 need ketchup we need to get them into these stem programs or is, is it steam now it's steam it's now steam. Yep. Yeah, they put like, art back in it Yep. yeah so like we 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 have to get that then also access to a lot of these um I think, uh, programs like welding and like there's money out there where we need to, if, if you don't give me money, my kids need to go to get an education for free. I, 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 that, 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 goes back into your cracker program, Rozzy. Like (laughs) my kids need to get education for free, whether they go into a four year university, whether they want to take real estate classes. Uh, what, whether they want to become a welder, uh, process technology, like there's so many, there's trade schools out there, become a truck driver, something to give them access to future wealth. And I think our school systems need to offer those things. Uh, and I don't know, man, I just, that's the biggest thing, you know, uh, back to your kind of what we were talking about earlier, Okay, Trump loses, Biden's in. Now what? Like, what's going to change? And I think that's that's the argument that all these tips and the, okay, so Trump loses. What's going to happen? We don't have a plan. We don't have anybody yeah. who's speaking directly to us. And but, th- but that not- also
0: goes. I hate to say it, but that also goes to their lack of understanding of politics and and civil governance. The legislative branch is the one that actually controls all of that like you 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 can't look at the executive branch and be like what is the president going to change you need to get out and vote for these senators oh, yeah. uh, and, and flip the congress so that we can get these laws so the cracker act can actually get passed and i actually got a name for it it's continually continu- continuously raising african american's culture act that is it oh. it's the cracker
3: act oh man all right you won. so i got, I got one go. thing. i got i got one more thing that, that, <laughs> to 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 add to what uh said. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sounds good though, don't it? <laughs> it does. It does. So first of Boondocks. You said you are one step away from being a black nationalist. And, and I think that's very interesting because are you guys familiar with Claude? You guys familiar with Claude Anderson, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So you know, like, if you've seen his talk, like, did do you think black people made a mistake in going for equality? That's one of his things. Made a mistake in going for equality instead of trying to be a protected class. Instead of saying We want to be equal. And then they say, "Okay, you equal, but you not get equitable treatment like we didn't have the resources um, and the the backing to really just be integrated into society. We got there and it was just like we didn't have we didn't we couldn't you know what I'm saying? Like we should have gone. His argument basically, we should have been a protected class like the Native Americans. Like give us our own this. Give us our not not that they're in good shape now, but I'm saying give us our own and allow us to do things in a way that benefits us, like, you know, they don't have to pay taxes and things like that. Is is that something that you think would have benefited? Not even saying we can go back to it, but would that have benefited Black people, say, when Martin Luther King was pushing for, you know, some of these things like we wanted, everybody wanted equality, everybody wanted to be able to eat at the, you know, lunch counters and all that, that was great. But like, at the end of the day, did we do ourselves harm by trying to integrate integrate ourselves into a dominant culture that really, even though laws changed, hearts never did?
2: It's an interesting question. Uh, William Roden wrote a book called $40 million slaves. And he kind of touches on that, but that's in the sports world where he says that we fought so hard to be integrated when we should have just focused on uh, just getting more money for HBCUs or keeping the Negro league alive and and things like that. Like, don't worry about integrating into major league baseball, keep it at the Negro league. But, um, I think it's different otherwise because Native Americans, they got their own land. So unless we were gonna ask for our own land, we have we have to live among these white people. And so I think because I don't I'm I'm so hesitant to criticize people that, you know, fought for the civil rights and fought for that kind of stuff. I think their their line of thinking was look, just give us just treat us equally, give us equal access to education. You know, we don't want to we don't want our kids like reading out of these broken down books and broken down classrooms, broken down schools. Give us the same the access to the same school. You think about the Little Rock Nine or whatever. And um, that that's what they were fighting for. So I guess in hindsight, that point can be made.
1: But I don't I yeah, digress. I think it's I think it's a little both. And I guess I can't have my cake and eat it, too. Um, because the Native Americans are still one of the most oppressed classes in the U.S. You know, like mm-hmm. we we overlook their oh. and overlook their 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 struggle, but they are kind of self-sufficient to a certain extent. I look at other minority groups and I feel like and maybe I'm just biased because I travel in my circle. I feel like we're the only people asking for equality. And I feel like we got blindsided or we got narr- we we got tunnel vision with that fight like when will they see us as equal when they will when will they see us as equal and that's all we were looking at rather than because we did have some strong black communities that were decimated through integration like we 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 were so we 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 were doing good we wanted to do better we should have asked for more support i feel like we would ask for more support in where we were currently what we were currently doing because if you look at other groups, they they still have Jewish communities. There's still segments of the country where this is what they do, and then they send people out and to 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 make their make their their mark in the world. But like if you go in, I'm in Houston. There's a Nigerian community that operates in their Nigerian community. There's a Vietnamese community that operates in their Vietnamese community. There's a there's a Mexican, like there's a Hispanic community operate within themselves. We're the, the main group that's always trying to find a way into the white man's world. And the black community, for the most part, and I'm probably going to lose my listeners of, is the black community is probably the, when you say that, it's almost a negative term, term. Like when you think the black community start, there's a lot of negative connotations that come with that. We start thinking about other communities. Oh, oh yeah, I went into uh, the Korean community. This is where they have their stores. They have this. Like, I don't think we should have been protected, but I think we should have took what we had and work work to become better at work to become better at that to build our education system because HBCUs were producing the the biggest and best within athletics within academia within the within the world mm-hmm. uh, our black communities were doing their own thing we were creating black business we had our own trades and stuff like that and asked for government fu- government funding to build those things as we as we slowly worked our way to progression because I think other people they weren't i feel like America has been blocking the black community because they're not They're While they're trying to block us, the Asians were like, they weren't they weren't asking for equality It's like, all right, we're just just pay attention to the black people over there. Look, look over there. Look at the black people. Don't worry about us. And now they're the one of the most educated and uh, economically the highest. I think they're the they, they have more flips when you talk about economic
0: turns. So their money flips inside of their community more times yeah, than anybody yeah. else. Yeah. And so.
1: I'm sorry, my bad. So, I'm so
0: I, I, the only thing I want I want to talk through is like Byron talked about the hindsight of it all. We can't discount the the civil rights movement oh, no. and the integration and the equity or the, the the equity is what they're fighting for. The problem is they gave us equality. <laughs> um we didn't get equity. Um and so True. they were fighting for equity and That fight is what allowed a lot of these other communities to be able to move. Like, we weren't the only people that got equality with the civil rights act. Women Women? uh, were involved with it. Uh, A lot of those other communities that were still pushed to the uh, side and, and weren't able to grow because of the the white people kind of treating them the exact same way. Don't like, don't act like Asians and Chinese people weren't, um, you know, disenfranchised along with us. I know they were. Uh, so, I'm not so saying they weren't. That they're able to do that. Nigerians are able to have their community because of the Civil Rights Act. They weren't never be. They would never have been able to come over here and do what they do if it wasn't for that. And also, we have to think about. If we had gone the route of, okay, just ma- give us a reservation, give us some uh, money, leave us alone and we'll grow. Um, that doesn't work because we saw what they do to African American communities that they'll, they'll build interstates uh you know even back in the day they'll put a they won't put a train stop there they'll put a train stop in the white area so now you don't have access to being able to get goods moving in and out the yeah, selma perfect example they could have made i65 they could have made i65 go through selma they chose literally was like nope i65 will not go through selma because it's a blacker community Like things like that is what they would have done had we said, let's make this community and we're going to be black. Okay, you don't get the access to the overall economic engine of America and of the state if you do that. And also when we talk about black business owners, black professionals, the thing was we had black communities because we had to. We were compressed. We were redlined. All black people went into that area, so you you did have a little bit better economic uh, activity in that area for everybody. But there's still a bunch of poor people, and there's still a bunch of uh you know better upper class black people. And the thing is, now those upper class black people just moved into upper class white neighborhoods, and the poor people are still there. So which why people when they think of the black community, they think about the poor community because all the rich black people have gone into the the richer areas, uh, and it just so happens that there's more rich people because of systemic racism, historical wealth and everything like that. But so you can't look at this as a, a, a microcosm or, or just like a single issue of, oh, if we had separated, we would have been better off because we would not have. I, I'll i just kind of throw it out there like
3: that. No, I, I think that's good. I think it's funny because you were mentioning about um, I-65 and Selma. The reason why you can't, and, and Byron probably knows this, you can't, the reason why there's no metro to Georgetown is because they didn't want black people going to Georgetown back, back yep. in the day. So yeah. you, you, that's that's historically been a thing. And, and the thing that a lot of this stems from is Brown versus the Board of Education. Once, once that happened, that's when a lot of, you know, the red line and things happened. It was like, oh, we're going to make sure that we, they don't, you know, Black people make it hard for them to get, you know, access to these things. And, and like you said, so it, it, it this is kind of like a hypothetical, but I think you guys have had some really good points. And I think these are the kind of conversations that- we need to have versus like, hey, let's let's vote for Biden. And I'm not saying anything wrong with you voting for Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. Right. And I also don't like the equivalency of saying, oh, I don't like either candidate. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you, it does matter. When Stephen Miller and Steve Bannon are in the White House and Jeff Sessions, it matters. Sentiment matters. Something, you know, what I'm saying like it matters because things are worse to me. And this is my opinion. Maybe, maybe some people think it's great, but it's just like, I'm sorry, like. It does matter. You got. You need to make a choice, even if it's not you know your favorite guy. Like I just think that's that's just the wrong mindset because somebody's gonna win, and people are like, I don't like either candidate. You know, neither neither one of us gonna do anything, or and it's like, no, they do do something. There's you know there there's a reason why you know you've seen all this. Not not just even I would I, I won't say the activity, but the sentiment of the country has changed, and I would say that whatever the top of t- top of the ticket matters, even if it's just for sentiment. Um, from yeah. that, that standpoint, I know that people might say, "Oh, that doesn't matter," but it's like it does matter because you see how the difference of getting a man like Donald Trump is in, in the office and of how he has weaponized language. And I'm going to go biblical here. The words are powerful. I know we had the sticks and stones break my bones, but words hurt me. That's that's the wrongest statement ever. Don't say it to your kids. It's not true. It's not right. Because how did God create the earth in Genesis? He
1: spoke, he spoke, well he spoke. He spoke.
3: He spoke. Mm-hmm. And so he created man in his own image. So man has the same power. So when you say things, you know, obviously you've heard the term power, life, doesn't in the tongue, but that, that is a real and true statement. You have the power to bind and loose things. So you hear the way he won't denounce vice versa. That's, that's letting the principality, demonic principality, into 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 the atmosphere. He won't denounce it. He won't speak against it. And you think that's crazy, but it's not because you look at what's happening. You people say, Oh, that's you know, a religious thing, it's just it's just your imagination. But I mean, for those who understand Christianity, we know that the, the the unseen world is the more real world anyway. So everything we're seeing now is just a manifestation of things that are spiritual. And that's why we have this problem because we don't even know how to fight against really what we're battling against. I mean, this this is a different conversation for a different show, maybe, but I just wanted to throw that out there just because I think there's a lack of understanding about Sentiment and the top and leadership at the top, and even though God's on throne, He can work through anything. If you read like Judges or you read Chronicles, there are different kings, and there was better times with better kings and worse times with worse kings. Yes, God was yeah. still there, but I don't want to just volunteer for a worse time with a worse king if I can yeah. if I can avoid it. Yeah. Like yeah, they mm-hmm. didn't vote.
1: They didn't vote on those kings. Yeah. <laughs> so,
3: <laughs> I, and, <laughs> and, and so I, I, I want to throw
0: in and get a question, and um, bringing us back to the election. I want to talk about third party candidates on the national level, because um, I've gone through all these states and and a lot of these states are really, really close, especially swing states. And then you go look at the third party candidate and they pulled more votes than one of the candidates are uh, leading. trailing by, by. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Biden in Georgia, right? Um, Jorgensen, I think, pulled, like, 30,000, 40,000 votes. and I think he got, like, Biden...
2: 60, 60-some 60 thousand, it, I think. It, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And and so it's less than what Biden is trailing by. So, you know, it's one of those things that... How do you guys feel about third-party voting on, like, these big national-scale, um, you know, elections?
2: Well, you know, it's, it's people... I know I made the statement last week that uh, I do care who you vote for. So I'm I'm not going to tell you to go vote if you're not voting for the person I want to win. But at the end of the day, it's your right to, you know, vote for who you want to. It's just that this year in particular, this year in particular, like I wanted him, I want him out of office so bad that I just felt like if there's any time to say, you know what, I'm not going to vote. I'm not going to because. People don't like to hear this. You are wasting your vote. You're wasting your vote until there is a major change in our political system. We have two major parties. Okay, so you're wasting your vote. And those 60,000 people in Georgia, like Joe Biden could have flipped that look like it's going to go to Trump. So you wasted your vote. And I just think in this year particular that I would have liked for everyone to pick a side, preferably. Joe Biden side. Uh, And also, you know, if you're one of those people that voted third party, you kind of can't be on here complaining about how close the election is or how come Trump didn't lose by a wider margin. Because even if you didn't vote for Trump, if you voted for a third party this year in particular, in my opinion, it's essentially a vote for him. Because any vote that Biden didn't get was pretty much a vote for Trump. Because we, what, what we talked about on the show, we know his supporters are going to show up. Mm-hmm. They're going to come through. So I'm against it this year in particular.
1: Frank, I'm going to let you go. <laughs>
3: Okay. Um, so I have I have, I have a different take. So I think third party candidates are fine. I think they should be developed mostly down ballot, though. I think that the idea that you're going to get a, a presidential, I think the presidential run, it takes so much infrastructure, so much money that you really can't. I mean, Jergensen was, I give her, I guess, credit. She was on every ballot, but she didn't have much money for a campaign. I didn't see any ads for her. Did you? Did anybody see them? I mean, I didn't no. know. I didn't know it was a woman. Honestly, till you guys said she, I was like, oh, Jergensen, it just could be anybody. So I think down ballot though is where you develop the grassroots. Like, hey, if somebody there's a bread and roses party in Maryland, don't ask me why it's called that, but if they have like, if you have like a bread and roses you know, running for county executive or for some smaller district, you know, thing, you can develop maybe some a third party. I think that, but I just don't think that nationally it's going to take hold. I think it's too, I think it's just too hard. I think the two party system, they're locked in. I mean, they they control a lot of the way the elections go. Like a strong if a third party was to be able to exist, that would change a lot of things. And that's why even you think about go back to think about remember Jesse Ventura when he was an independent and he won, he could do nothing. Like he did absolutely nothing when he got elected. I can't remember what state he ran and was in, but it's just like, I think that, um, yeah, Minnesota. So I'm just saying like, there there has got to be an infrastructure. And I think the independent sounds so good. Like there's a lot of things we need to debunk. And I think we're doing a great job. I, I, first of all, I love you guys because there's so many black people, especially black men who don't really know what's going on. And we just kind of have this idea that we say some talking points that sound good you know, it's like, but that don't make sense, man. Like, look, it's it's like you cannot just be an in, like being independent doesn't. I'm not saying you can't be independent thinking, but you need to find a party so you can actually vote in the primaries. Because think about most most cut, cut most states, if you're independent, you can't even vote in any of the primaries. Right, unless there's an independent candidate, which there's probably not. So you're either just waiting for whatever comes through. I'd rather have a say. I'd rather try to push for maybe open primary. That'd be another topic. But just the idea that I'm I'm now just kind of voting, you know, in the general election, it's like I don't have a say over who comes out. I think that the independent idea sounds good. It makes you feel confident, but honestly, most people, most independents actually end up leaning um, one way or the other, I'm not going to say, but I'm just saying, like, I kind of feel like there's not as much independence. It's just like you don't want to label. It's just almost like the contrarianism. Oh, I don't, I don't label myself. I'm an independent voter. It's like, oh, bullshit. Because it's not as if independent structure is really making changes in America, right? Like, where's the independent candidate that went and changed America? I'm, I'll wait. Right, like, <laughs> and I think we have we have to educate ourselves. Like, go ahead and go be all in Republican, right, or right, or do, um, you know, or be, you know, Democrat at the national level, right? But what I'm saying is, there is a movement, like, like I talked about with you guys, where if you could do something smaller, like some of the things you mentioned, county, state, city. There, there are some agenda points that I think black people should work hard to put together at a, at a grassroots level. And that's why I kind of asked the question at the beginning, like what could be put together, not for like this national platform to run in 2024, but for where you could go and actually build up something. It, it is it takes, you know, a good five to six, seven years to build up a nice movement like locally, like you could do it. But what I'm saying is a national campaign like it could take decades for that. And you don't have time for that. Like you're not really going to do that. And, and especially when these other two parties have been here and they, and they have a reason to kind of, it's easy for them too, right? If I'm a Republican, or Democrat, like they complain, but at the end of the day, their job is easy. Like br- Democrats know they can get, you know, alternative lifestyle people, uh, mostly black people, Jewish people. Um, and and maybe some atheist people, right? Or people who don't identify with religion and, and and anything like that. And the Republicans know, hey, we can go after Christians. We can go after wealthy. We can go after, you know, people business, business mind, business owners, people who think they're business minded even if they're not. Um, and and so, you know, I guess Democrats kind of lean towards women a little bit. But I, I guess what I'm saying is it's easy for them to pick the other side. They say, well, what do you pick? Or, we'll pick the other team, right? It's like, you, you know, it's like two people picking teams. Oh, I'll pick him, pick him. And you pick a third person in there, you have to be like, ooh, what am I going to focus on? So I think that the two-party system benefits the two parties so much that they would, like we were talking about, they would freeze out. So it's really the idea of nationally top top of the ticket you need as Byron said, you need to pick somebody because you're throwing your vote away but down ballot if you want to develop candidates you want to be mm-hmm. like a grassroots green party we had Kristen Bracey on our show and she talked about some local stuff and that's cool that's really good but don't vote for Jill Stein and tell me that you're making a difference because I just don't see it I don't understand mm-hmm. it or vote for what's the other guys the Gary Johnson was that him four years ago with the you know I'm, years, yeah, yeah, I'm, a yeah. weed. Like, I'm a legalized
0: I'm a legalized weed like yeah. I,
3: Oh
1: man. Oh, it's it's funny you say that. So um, and I promise I'll never use this guy as a reference ever again. But I grew up under this guy, and this this image pops up in my head every once in a while. So it might have been the first episode of the Cosby show. And Theo was making this speech about being a regular person and just to love me for me. And to me, one of my favorite Bill Cosby quotes was, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. That's how I feel about independence on a national level. Like, that's about the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my goddamn life. Like, you're not like, Frank's. name a time when they made a difference. You have to come up with a bigger, better strategy. I saw this, the best way I've ever seen an independent on a national level depicted was it was almost what you were saying with Frank about picking teams is it was somebody picking teams and they were picking playing basketball. So they had like all these people with basketball gear on and then it had somebody that was dressed up for football. Like you, you you're, you're not, you're not in this game. You're not in the right, like you, you don't belong here. Like you, this is not where you're going to make your impact. Like they had a helmet, shoulder pads, football in their hand is like, you're, you're, you're not here for the right thing. Like on a, on a, on a um, local level down ballot, I think it's perfect. If we're going to make a change as a community, we need to do something like that to the point where we gain enough momentum where one of these parties like, you know what? It's almost like maybe we need to buy these buy these people out. Maybe we need to hitch our wagon to this third party team that the black people are 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 leaning towards on this local local level, where we can get their local support and possibly get their national support. So we hear their local cries, and we're going to turn this into a national movement. Um, almost like getting bought out, you know. But on a a national level, who is a who? Was Ross Pro uh, independent? I feel like he yeah. was the, the 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 biggest, and he's to me he had the best chance of ending independent. He and he and himself was a joke. Yeah, you know, so, so I, like, I, I'll I'll say
0: this. I I think we we all talk about down ballot. I definitely agree. I think third party makes sense on a local level, very local level, down ballot where it, you know you can you can really get to those. What is the the fine minutia? Of a plat- a platform, right? I, I feel like what would be best served for these independents and third-party candidates is not to have a candidate but have a platform and basically endorse say, hey, we have 60,000 votes in Georgia. I have 45,000 votes in, in, in uh, Milwaukee or, and or Minnesota. And, and guess what? And a bunch of money. And guess what? I'm going one way or the other. And now all my Green Party folks are going to vote for one part, one candidate because this is the one we're, we're endorsing and we're going to go. Because uh, Kristen, right, Ooh. she was talking to us about the Green Party and she told us, she was like, the Democratic platform is basically the Green Party platform from four years ago. And if you do that and say, hold it over and say, hey, the Green Party is going to endorse you, but this needs to be on your platform. This needs to be on, the Green Party's platform needs to be on your platform or we're not going to endorse you and then do i you know we talk about ice cube do the ice cube here's the green party platform who's getting it who's getting it and Mm -hmm. the republican or democrat i don't we as the green party don't care who's getting as long as you support our platform here's the one we're going to endorse now our (coughs) army of people is coming for the president that would take strategy
1: or you can just be democrat and and just get the black votes anyway which actually the 18% of black males and we still have some black women out there voting a Republican that, you know, uh, and maybe the, maybe this will wake the Democrats up though. So I want to leave on this, uh, get back to the current election, current Trump, Biden, does Trump winning or Biden winning? And maybe I'm looking too much into this benefit. The Republican party more. I think, um, Oh, you see where I'm going with that? Like, I don't don't think
2: anything changes because um, even with as wild and crazy as he was, he he nearly won. I mean, as far as as long as these numbers hold, he nearly won. He won the first time. It didn't hurt the Republican Party. They gained seats in the House. They gained seats in the House. They did not lose their Senate majority, so it seems. Uh so they and they 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 effectively was able to through him get three Supreme Court nominees, get all of these federal judges appointed. So it's really he, a good night for them. So they but he's done even his even damage. If, even if yeah, it it is that if Trump loses, it doesn't even matter because they have set themselves up, they're good. And if they keep the majority in the Senate, they can block so much of what Joe tries to do. Like they're gonna have to at least convince one Republican to come to the Democratic side to get anything done.
1: What about I, you guys? I
2: mean, I, I think that
3: definitely it benefits, if Trump losing actually benefits the Republicans, to me, longer term, because the thing is, even though, here's the thing, Trump almost won, right? But four more years of Trump and this pandemic, the way he's handling it, the way he was handling it so poorly, if he we had let him run it to ground, he would have almost done maybe what George W. Bush did, where it's like by the time he got out, Republicans would be like, man, you can't, we can't even rock with you. So like, it was like when Obama, you know, came after George W. Bush. So now the Republicans are kind of like, yes, we gained seats. We kept the majority in the Senate. Let's get rid of Trump. Cause they couldn't really control Trump. So they really don't, they they're good with what he did, but they don't want him because he can't be controlled. So they're like, good, get this insurgent out of here. We'll let the Republican. we'll let the Democrats have four years. We'll bring up likable candidates. We'll bring Nikki Haley or Larry Hogan from Maryland, who some people say that he's a rhino, but he has done well in a Democratic state. You know, he won governor twice. That's, that's where I live. And he's done a good job as a governor, too. I will say that. I, I really will say that. Um, and I voted for him um, the second time he ran because I felt like he was the best candidate. And he has been a good candidate. So I think there's, there's a little bit of understanding at a gubern- gubernatorial level and sometimes like this guy ha- had the best interest in Maryland at heart, you know, especially when it comes to pandemic. What I say all this to say is the Republicans can make make modest gains and then reboot with better, easier to market candidates. Because mm-hmm. if you're able to put up, you know, say Tom Cotton and Nikki Haley or Larry Hogan and or some other names that I may not be mentioning, you know they're not going to have the gaffes that Trump did. There's not going to be mm-hmm. a tape of Larry Hogan grabbing somebody's or or saying he did that, or Nikki Haley twerking in the club. Like, there's not going to be any... Impropriety, so they're going to be able to market themselves again on the moral majority platform, and they're going to, you know, deride whatever the Democrats do because the Democrats. And I said this on the last show: Democrats, man, they need to get a backbone and just like try to do some things because I think the crypt you play from Newsroom. I know you posted it. My my wife showed me. I'm not on Facebook, but she I, she was scrolling through her timeline. Like, if liberals are so smart, why they always lose? I feel like that <laughs> is such a beautiful understanding of like. The Democrats don't know how to take advantage of a situation, even when it falls into their lap. Like the only reason they win sometimes to me is because Republicans messed it up so bad. I was just gonna say that they win because they win because it's like Biden really didn't campaign on all that much except for, hey, this is a pandemic killing you. You got people piled up in refrigerator trucks, and I'm not Trump. And that actually is good enough because being dead actually matters. I know that some people may not care about it. Herman Cain didn't care about it, but being living matters to most people, or maybe most people. But what I'm saying is it, it moved enough? I was, and I said this on the last episode. If the pandemic hadn't happened, Trump would be reelected right now. Yes. It would yep. already be. It would yes. already yes. called. Yeah. already yeah. over. Yeah. The yeah. only thing that you see move the needle at all was the pandemic, because everything else just seems to have been ignored. Right. Yeah. So. So yeah. To me, Republicans are secretly like. They're not, they're, they're, they're not going to be behind this recount, right? They're like, look, you can try to do a recount. We don't really want you to really win because the sooner we get rid of you, the sooner we can get back in control of our party. That's the thing Republicans like more than anything. They like control. And Trump, even though, you know, he's been, he he has done a lot of things that they really are going to be like, we don't want you to do that. We don't want you to say that. We don't want you. And But but the thing, the danger about Trump is he's also shown them some things they can push but learn how to say it a little bit better or do it a little bit better. Right. Because he was so brazen. Like he was like, he went out there and was doing so much stuff. It was like, Oh, don't do that. Wait, that actually worked. Okay. Let me take Mm -hmm. a note of that. But now let me get somebody who I can control and use that same agenda and have a more sinister plan. So I think that, you know, this, this is, this, this is a victory for, the Republicans, they should, it really yeah, is.
2: they should be tired of having a person that they're afraid of, too. Like, they're literally afraid of this guy. And because of my I'm not going to say his name, but because of what he did to a potential a potential presidential candidate in 2016 and what he said about his wife and that man did nothing about it, said nothing about it and supports him, that has to be fear. Because the fact that Trump didn't catch them hands, it got to be fear. <laughs> they are f- afraid of him. So I'm sure they're tired of being ruled by fear and just want to get them out of it.
0: Yeah. Riser, yeah, what you I, got? I, I, I agree with everything everybody's saying. I mean, I, I definitely think they are happier with this outcome. Um than anything else that other than, you know, Trump staying in and them retaining all their seats. But that was just kind of a pipe dream that that they were going to just do that. They had a really, really good night based off their expectations. You know, it's one of those things that I joked when um, third quarter came around and earnings reports came out and everyone's like, we hit our adjusted earnings. I'm like, well, yeah, you adjusted them down because of COVID and then you hit them. That's not really hitting your earnings projections. So this is exactly what happened here. It's like they, their, their projections were so low that they came out looking squeaky clean. Like, Oh, this was a good night for us. Like you guys are saying. And so I think this is a perfect time for them to, uh, tweak their dog whistles uh, like Frank you, you said it you know oh Trump said it so brazenly that our, our 16% I don't know how we got up to six or what got up to 18 from 16% like how does black support go up with all this uh, that Trump did but like you said I think the Republicans can probably get 20% of the black vote because their dog whistles are going to come and they're going to be more subtle and so now you don't have the you know the Republicans hate black people um, speech that comes with it, because know, now it's going to be more veiled. They're going to be really good at passing laws that disproportionately affect us, but they can pass it as we're just trying to grow the economy. You have as e- equal opportunity to be able to use this stuff as we do, and so I I think this is a perfect opportunity for for, for the Republican Party to, like you said, get control of the party, bring everybody back home, reset. Get smart in the next two years. I don't even think they're worried about the next presidential election. Two years. I think they want it. What they want to do is they want to take back the House in 2022. Yes. And, and so I think they are in a better predicament to do that now because they they truthfully, they like running the Congress better than more than they like the, uh, the running the executive branch.
1: So I think they are in the perfect position they couldn't script this any better themselves. Like it was just, yeah, Trump, we supported you. Hey, we stuck behind you. Yeah. Make America great. Yeah. But four more years of Trump meant four more years of cow telling to him, mm-hmm. being ridiculed, being, you know, I think the next election would have four more years of Trump would have had the next election of uh, Democrats coming out crazy um, for one, Biden's not a strong candidate. So he's our incumbent. So if they can find a good Republican candidate, they can bl- block Biden over the next four years and say you were in for another four years and still didn't do shit.
0: Yeah. And, and and you gotta think, he'll be like 80 at that point.
1: And here here's our new fresh candidate because you gotta think, they're not going to have Trump had supporters. The Republicans didn't have supporters. It's Republicans and it's fucking Trump supporters. Two separate things. And when Trump goes, Trump is essentially the Jerry Jones of the political party. He has people who make, who feel like, you know, America's team is make America great again. Mm -hmm. It's not synonymous with football. It's, it's, it's not synonymous with football. It's not synonymous with politics or the Republican Party. Trump is a party amongst itself. And like you've you all said, now they get their party back. They get four years to sabotage Biden. Yeah. They, they, they get they four years yeah. to just say, you know what? We told you so. He still didn't do anything. He didn't do anything more. The, the, the rhetoric is going to be he didn't do anything more. Than Obama did. And y'all loved Obama. So Biden could lose in 40 years. This is if he wins today. And by the way, I don't know if you saw the riot their, uh They're protesting in Arizona already. Um, but. This is perfect for them, because if Trump would have won, they would have had a hell of a time getting those people back. And I just I I feel like this is the perfect situation for them. I'm not scared of 2024 because I think it'll be back to business as normal. And whoever president is not really going to make a difference to us as long as he's not a a chauvinistic, racist, uh, freaking sociopath. And I don't know who that would be unless uh, Trump Jr. runs, but (laughs) Hopefully he goes to jail. Hopefully they all go to jail. But that, that that's my thing. Is like, I don't think people realize, like, I'm i am fearful still of the results because there's all these lawsuits and stuff going on. But I think Mitch McConnell and everybody else is going to be like, when it comes down to them, like, you know what? I mean, we lost this one. You know, we just got to take it on the chin. And, like, if they really supported Trump, they would be They would be raising as big as uh, kicking up as much sand as he is but Republicans are not coming to his aid.
2: Well, we'll, we'll see because I've seen Republicans say the right thing and sit on their hands. And then when it comes down to it, they don't, um, they don't deter him like they should. So we'll see. That's, uh,
1: that's if he's in power. If he, if he has a chance to go out, like yeah. if he has, a if it's cause like,
2: if, cause, 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 we still got two and a half more months of him, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. uh, We'll see. Uh, I I do want to say one last thing. 2022, 34 Senate seats are up for grabs. And it looks good for the Republicans because a lot of them are like deep red. There's like maybe three or four that the Dems may can steal. And that's only because Biden came so close to winning that state or winning that state like Pat Toomey in Pennsylvania. But like Richard Shelby in Alabama, he ain't going to lose. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So. the the Republicans may have the majority this entire presidency of Joe Biden. And I think it's only going to be one term for him. You got to pull a James Polk and, and let Kamala run, um, that, that next four, because I just don't see yeah. him doing the second one.
0: <laughs> I, I I do think that's their plan. Yeah, is is Kamala being uh, the he him not taking a second term? Right. Like I said, he'll be eighty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's not gonna make it through another four years. Like that that right. is nobody nobody from the Democratic Party is gonna be like, yeah, let's put him on the ticket. At 80 years old, and make him, you know, gallivant around the country, uh, trying to campaign. Yeah, running for president
2: is
1: hard. It's tough.
2: Yeah.
0: It's tough. So, I, I don't I don't see that happening. So, oh, I definitely looked, see Kamala coming he in. As a step. He,
1: he looked rough today when he made yeah. a speech.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might just like, do my pass
1: no, up. Yeah. So, I'm going to go ahead and close it out, fellas. What, what's parting shots, man? What you got for us?
0: Hey, man, vote for the Cracker Act. That's all I got to say.
1: Lord have mercy. That's,
2: that's, a, that's a, thing, huh? It's a thing now. Okay. It's a thing. The cracker. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I support it, brother. Um, <laughs> just great having you on Frank, man. I uh, appreciate you coming on. Enjoyed this. I hope the listeners uh, learn something. Uh, I forgot to tell you too, Frank, your cousin, uh, Slate, Montrez Slater, check in. He hit me up a couple of weeks ago and was like, man, I need y'all to put out an episode, man. I haven't been paying attention to politics like I should, and I relied on y'all. And that was like right before our last episode that we dropped, man. So shout out to you, Slate, man. I hope you enjoyed that episode and you tuned in to this one. Uh, But I just want to reserve the time for Ferg and Frank. So you guys hit us with the the party shots.
1: Well, I'm going to make this, uh, I'm trying to make it quick. Man, um, I know last episode I said I was going to possibly volunteer at uh, the polls and help protect voters and stuff like that, which I didn't. I'm actually disappointed in myself and really was disappointed in myself for not doing that just because I think part of it was somewhat part fear, part of self uh, preservation, just because I just, I just don't trust what's going on in this country right now. And when I have to sit there and think about like, I, I, I'm not confident enough to volunteer the polls just because I'm in Texas. I go crazy. They had a Trump train right around the polls a few weeks ago. I mean a few days ago. And um I don't know. So I hope this Trump train Trump train is de- uh derailed. By the time you hit this episode, hopefully we have a forty sixth president. Uh I guess forty fifth and a half, because I really can't count Trump as a true president. So um I wanna thank Frank for coming on man. We're going to have to bring you back on a lighter note and really just be able to make you more of a regular on our show on our political episode maybe around the inauguration or something cuz I'll be up there for inauguration that's the plan. But uh, what do you have for us Frank closes out?
3: Man, just um again, thank you guys for just putting together this platform. I think a lot of times again, there's not enough of this, again, speaking to these issues as black men and speaking to them well right like coming up with things like that the crack act I mean I think is I've known Orazio you know so long and we were in gifted and he really is gifted right and I think that's that's the kind of that's what it takes right like and Tavares obviously I know you know just from being in you know advanced class with you and and Byron just working with you on politically entertaining for you know the four or five years we've done the show this is really what makes a difference and We have to, like you said, I definitely appreciate working, you know, being on, coming on the show later, but just figuring out a way we can do other things uh, together, working at other avenues is really how we're going to make it happen. Like a lot of times you look at people on TV and see this group, oh yeah, they, they made it. But it's just like, I'm convinced that there's not four people that collectively would know as much as we know about the things we know about. And we have to take advantage of that and not just let that, you know, slip by. So I'm not Prophesying what we're going to do, but I'm just saying, hey, let's not let this just be a passing thing where we did an episode. Let's see if there is something uh bigger that we can do. So I just want to leave with that. Uh, again, thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me talk. I love to talk because my wife, whenever I try to tell listen my episode, she's like, I don't want to hear your episode because I know everything you're going to say because you just talk all the time anyway. So I appreciate being able to be on the show um unfiltered. And like I said, I love you guys. And um, like I said, I love appreciate you back man. on soon.
1: All right, man. Appreciate you coming, man. And we'll definitely have you on soon. This is Three Brothers No Sense with a splash of P.E. on there. November 4th, the day after the election. Hopefully, like I said, by the time this airs, we will have a new president. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment. And most importantly, listen again and listen to P.E. as well. Politically entertaining. Support the cracker. Support the cracker. Support the cracker (laughs) act. We're out.